Hey fans, welcome in to Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, brought to you by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. Thank you for joining us. This is our fourth episode of Miked Up, and I'm happy to say that we are bringing back the Kaylee and Kaylee Show. I will be welcoming in Kaylee Chelios later on in this episode, and I am excited to talk to her. We talk about everything from motherhood to which Marvel character the Tampa Bay Lightning are, as well as, of course, breaking down the Brandon Hagel trade and so much more. It is a fun-filled episode, so be sure to give it a listen. And before we get to the episode, a quick word from our sponsor. A lot of people talk about clarity, they talk about color, they talk about the size. The cut is the most important. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire talks about the most important of the four C's, the cut. The way the diamond is cut is 60% of the value. Keith says it's like comparing two men who weigh the same but don't look at all alike. One may look like Tim Tebow and the other one looks like me. I highly recommend you stay with Tebow. (laughs) International Diamond Center. Buy the one that looks like Tim Tebow. Hey, fans, I'm so excited to bring you this interview today. I have Kaylee Chelios with me. Uh, you might remember Kaylee and I used to work together covering the lightning. We did uh, we did a few different shows, the Kaylee and Kaylee show, the after skate, uh, a few different things to, uh, to throw back there. Uh, but you are in Chicago now. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing because you have your hand in a few different pots there in Chicago. Yeah, well, first of all, it's so good to see you. It's been a long time. I missed the Kaylee and Kaylee show for sure. Um, But now I'm in Chicago. It's quite cold. And I do have my hands in a few different roles here. One of the broadcast contributors for the Blackhawks. So I initially came on hoping to do some radio. And it ended up being a, a larger role that I could do studio work in. I've been in the booth a few times with Pat Foley this year to do some color analysis. And I've also done some radio analyst work. And um, primarily, I do a lot of studio for the Blackhawks this season. So it's been fun. There's kind of a rotating crew of the next generation of broadcasters that have been put in different roles with the Hawks. And it's Pat Foley's last year. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest ever. So it was an honor to share the booth with him. And that's kind of my new role with the Blackhawks. And it was just a cool transition because I thought, you know, I was done once I had to leave Tampa and have my second baby. I was like, all right, I'm going to be super mom at home because I didn't have a job after leaving. And then a new door opened and it was like, okay, I'm going to be super mom, but still work um, pretty much full time this season. So it was great. Yeah. And you, and you do it all and you do it all very well. Uh, We're going to get into a few of those different things, but I want you to take me back to a young Kaylee Chelios. When did you know, Hey, I think, I think I'm good enough at talking about hockey, about uh, watching hockey and analyzing it to do this and to get paid to do it. We're still young, Kaylee, aren't we? (laughs) We are still young. Not so young anymore. Like 30s creeping, but, um, I definitely wish, and I'm so grateful now for the opportunity that I've had with the Blackhawks and with Tampa Bay too, working with Dave Mishkin, because when I was in graduate school, I always wanted to do more. I wanted to share my opinion. I never felt like I could fit in as a woman being in what's predominantly an all male position in the booth. Um, So I was kind of like, what am I going to do? How am I going to fit in here? I have to be a ringside reporter. And I feel like a lot of women feel like that's the only thing they can do. And I love it. I mean, being a ringside reporter, telling stories, 
the digital work that I got to do for the lightning was incredible. And I miss doing that, especially during COVID because we really didn't get to have that player interaction anymore. So I love that part of it, but I also wanted to be a part of the analysis and I wanted to break down games and I wanted to talk about hockey in a different way that you really didn't see a lot of women doing. And so uh, in college, I didn't really think that that was going to be possible. And then when I was with Tampa Bay, I heard AJ Malesko, former USA great for the women's side do the 2018 Stanley cup playoffs for the first time. And she was doing Nashville and I heard her and I was like listening and I'm like, Oh my God, it's a woman doing color for the first time in the playoffs. Just never really thought about it. And right then I was like triggered. I was just like, okay, I think I could do this. Like I need to, I wish I got a head start by starting in college and even before that calling games and getting more experience. But I worked really hard after that to try to get in the booth in Tampa and Dave Michigan was like my biggest supporter. He's like my mentor and still one of my great friends. And I call him, you know, quite a bit to catch up now. And, you know, he was a huge reason why I was able to even get started in there. So grateful for that. And my Bolts TV family for being so supportive in doing something that a lot of men maybe were like, you're not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be a player. It's supposed to be this. And you see a lot of different men and women that didn't play hockey and aren't former players still step in and do a really great job. And there's definitely a need for former players to be in that seat for obvious reasons, but I think it's refreshing and it's nice to hear women too, and people of color and just different people that wouldn't normally get an opportunity to be there because I think representation matters so much. So that moment in 2018 for me, long story short, was a big one for me and just inspiring me to to move forward with being an analyst. And you have, you've worked in, incredibly hard at your craft and you're very, very talented at your craft and, and you just keep getting better and better and which is why you've gotten these positions. So I'm going to ask you to put that hat on and give me your analysis of this trade that just went on between, I was, I was planning on having you on anyway because Chicago and the Lightning play this Friday. Um, so you can watch that game fans on, on Valley Sports Sun. So I was going to have you on anyway, but then this whole trade went down and I was like, of course, I have to get Kaylee's thoughts on the trade. <laughs> what what are the Lightning getting in Hagel? What kind of a player is he? I mean, he's still a, a fairly young player um, and, and has scored quite a bit you know, this year. So definitely getting some secondary scoring. But what else are they getting um, and, and analyze and, and break down this trade for me? Ah, Hagel the bagel. He was, uh, he was very loved in Chicago. And when I first started covering the team and I had to quickly dive in and try to learn a new roster full of some of the younger players like Hagel that I didn't know. He was the one player to me that I remember asking Eddie Olchek about right away after the first couple games and being like, who's Hagel? Like, what's his game? What does he bring to the ice? And um, everybody had nothing but great things to say about him. And I remember asking the head coach at the time, Jer Jeremy Colleton about him too. And I was like, what do you think about him? Like, how, how does he kind of fit into this, this year's team? Because he was a healthy scratch last year. And then he went from being a player with the Hawks this season that had to be uh, performing at a peak level for them to have success every night. So he's one of their most consistent players. And he's cut from the same mold as what Julian Breezebaugh and before him, Steve Eiserman and Tampa Bay love. And that's just that work ethic. So he fits in on, you know, probably a third or fourth line for Tampa Bay. He has finished around the net. He has skill. He can play power play. That's probably not what he's going to do with Tampa, but he does have a unique set of skills and he has that same drive work ethic. He's a puck hound. 
I wouldn't say he's quite like Yanni Gord and have the same level of maybe skill or jam that Gord plays with. Uh, he was certainly one of my favorite players to watch on a nightly basis for the Bolts. But I think he can um, kind of replace that third line really well. And he's very affordable. Tampa Bay did a great job. Julian did with bringing in, you know, affordable veterans that know that they can win. And that's Corey Perry. That's Bogosian. That's Belmar. I mean, all three of those players are on very affordable contracts. Um, and they bolster that bottom six. So Hagel, again, I mean, went from being a healthy scratch to a 20-plus goal scorer. And he's on a million and a half dollar cap hit. So, and then he'll be a restricted free agent after that. So there's just a lot of upside to that. And for Chicago, it was going to take a big trade to, to get rid of him. He's a heart and soul player for the Hawks. And I think what they got in return with Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, as well as the first round picks was too much for Kyle Davidson, the general manager for Chicago to pass up on. So all in all, this was really a perfect trade for both teams. The lightning got, a hardworking, skilled, affordable player uh, that fits their mold and their identity very well. And as Chicago looks to rebuild from the ground up, really, um, you know, they get some really good picks in the upcoming cup coming drafts. And then they also get two really good prospects who have already, I mean, Taylor Radish, I think has two goals and three assists in six games. Yeah, so their their prospects have yeah. come in and already had an, an immediate impact. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and agree. It, it it was a trade that worked out for both sides, and it's been good to see Hagel out on the ice. I know that things are have been slow moving of lately for the Lightning. Um, tell me what you think about that, because from my perspective, I look at the last few years, and this seems kind of normal, right? Like the last two years when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup both years they had a time in the season usually right before the playoffs where they kind of had a little bit of a slowdown a little bit of a struggle um where they they had some like you know just figuring it out to do uh, I remember like right after they got Blake Coleman Barclay Goodroll and Zach Bogosian in the trade deadline in 2020 that they had they they did they had a little bit of a time where there was like a little a few struggles trying to figure everybody out adding in some new guys adding in some stuff um and it seems to me like that's kind of what the lightning are going through right now. So I haven't pushed the panic button, but obviously, you know, fans and, and different people are taking this differently and they're like, well, what is going on? What is happening with the lightning? Are we just not the same team anymore? And so, uh, you know, I can only say those things so much, but I want, so I'm getting, you put, put it on somebody else from someone else's perspective. What do you, what do you make of the recent struggles of the lightning? Are you overly worried about this team headed into the playoffs? I'm not after covering the Blackhawks this season. I mean, covering the lightning was incredible. The, the amount of talent up and down that roster. And as Alex Pallorn said, I think post game after beating the Islanders, he talked about just the opportunity to play with a team this good and how that is just motivation for them to, to want to keep winning. So I remember a long time ago, interviewing Steve Eiserman on like, how did you win? Like as just when his time in Detroit, he had so much success. Like what was every season like being able to get through that 82 game season and then make a deep playoff run win cups. Like, how do you repeat that? And he's just like, it's grueling. I mean, there's points in the season where you just don't know if you can keep going. Like it's so much work and it's hard. And I interviewed Andre Vasilevsky before last year's playoffs too. And 
he said, you know, I was like, what's the biggest key they're going to face off against the Panthers to finding the edge? Like, what's going to push you to get through this really hard first round? You've already won last season, whereas you were coming in last season as the team to beat. Um, or excuse me, you're coming in now as the team to beat before you had all this pressure, you know, you have to win and you went and got swept in the first round in 2019, as we all remember. So he said, emotionally is you have to find the emotion. How long uh, can you keep and sustain this level of play? And it's not going to happen for an entire 82 game season. So I'm not worried at all right now that it's happening. I think there's plenty of games left uh, as we get to like under 20 for most teams to turn things around. And this team has the talent. They're healthy for the most part, from what I understand. And um, they have an, an incredible coaching staff too, that's been there, has the experience. So I think every team has their ups and downs. It's just that I think it was, a, was it a six game losing skid they went on? Yeah. Well, they, they lost six of eight. Yeah. Six of eight. Okay. So the, the biggest thing that Derek Alondo always said was just, you got to stop the bleeding. It's it, one or two can't turn into three, four, five, but I mean, that's rarely happened for Tampa Bay this season. And they've managed to do that without Kucherov, Chernak point yeah. in the lineup for stretches of games. And they've had their depth players step up and still find ways to win. So this team still has all the tools and it doesn't seem like anything's going to be slowing them down. Like they said with Andre Vasilevsky and net and the amount of talent they have, the experience that they have. I mean, this is a team I definitely think could win three in a row. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. You know, like you said, they have the core people back. They've got those core are so talented and I, I, what I always say is I'd rather them go through the adversity now than in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I'd rather them kind of get tested now than in the playoffs because we've seen how that plays out, right? We've seen how it plays out if they're tested in the playoffs and it, it, it didn't play out in their favor, right? But if they've gone through adversity in the season, then it seems like they stand better and stronger in the playoffs. So that's my perspective. Um Getting into your time here in Tampa, you spent what five seasons with the Lightning? Is that that's right? Okay. Yeah, I, the last season was during COVID, so I wasn't in Tampa any longer, and it was just different. Yeah. So, te so but you yeah. covered the team for six seasons. You were in Tampa for five seasons. Um, what What were some of your best memories uh, in your time in Tampa? Everything from I'm sure like winning the cup and 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 being in the in the room celebrating. I see I see uh, the the cup with uh, some of the guys, and I think you were on the FaceTime yeah, my call. Crew. <laughs> were you on the FaceTime call in that picture? I was on the FaceTime call. Yes, yes. this was the 2020 playoffs um, when the Lightning won. So I was FaceTiming in. And then in 2021, I actually went to Tampa Bay and yeah. was there when they won at home. So that one, I got to be there in person. I haven't put that picture up yet. Though. Yeah. Um, so everything from yes. that to, to maybe, you know, just some uh, 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 other memories that, you know, aren't maybe as, I don't know, uh, defining, you know, that, that we would imagine um, that, that you experienced in Tampa. Oh, it's so hard to like put, put it all down. I mean, much like when I played sports um, all growing up, like it wasn't necessarily the, the games itself that stood out to me when it comes to my experience in Tampa. Um, obviously, there were some unbelievable games to get to cover and the amount of like Hall of Famers and skill that I got to see and experience on a daily basis and practice and in the games was pretty 
unbelievable now um, looking at it as I go on in my career and keep watching different teams and players. But um, I just loved the family aspect of it. I mean, it was all the stuff off the ice that was so fun, traveling, the hotels, the dinners, um, getting to know the dads, the dad's trips, the annual dad's trips were always a blast. And it was always fun to see another side of both the players, but also where they came from. Um, and they're just so much fun. Everybody loves dads and dad jokes. They're great. So I did love those trips and just all the memories and moments in between, um, you know, waiting for interviews around the rink and hanging out till 1230 AM to do some, you know, hit or catching a bus to get to the plane or something and, and getting in at 3 AM and still having a, a smile from our friends because we know how lucky we all are to be working in the NHL no matter what so I can't think of one specific moment but I just think all the things away from the ice and I loved traveling and, and getting to know everybody um, not on the team necessarily but everybody working behind the scenes that make it all happen. Kaylee and I have a lot more to talk about coming up but first a word from our sponsor. At IDC, you're going to see more diamonds than you ever imagined in one place at prices you never thought possible. IDC owner Keith LeClaire. Nobody's ever accused me of not having enough diamonds. We're talking 30 times the selection of ordinary jewelry stores all at rock bottom, no middleman prices, right? We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere, period. International Diamond Center. If you're in the market to buy a diamond and you don't come to IDC, you are nuts. <laughs> Take me back. You said uh, something at the beginning, and I know we've talked about this before. You you were pregnant uh, with your second child, um, and you were like, I can't, I can't be away from my family um, anymore. So I'm going to make the really hard decision to to move away from Tampa and to be back with my family in the Chicago area um, and be a mom, and then everything kind of unfolded where where the Blackhawks were looking to uh, like you said add in some more voices um you have that skill and you have this this desire and and skill and passion that you want to do I, I think a lot of times as moms you know it's like okay you have to be mom first and we are but I think sometimes that also means like that you don't get a career or that you don't get an opportunity, but for you, and I, and I think I see this for a lot of moms in general too, as well. It, it, something happens whenever you, whenever you take that leap of faith, it kind of all lines up it kind of all works out. And, and I'm just wondering for you, what was that like? How did that feel to know like, okay, I, I took this step for my family, but I also got this really big return. And, and maybe even in some ways, um, even, you know, not to say that your position in, in Tampa wasn't great or that you didn't learn from it, but this is a lot of the stuff that you wanted to do, being an analyst, being the color commentary, doing some of those things that, that you're now doing. Was this, I, like, did you ever dream of this? Like this, does it, do you ever have like those pinch me moments? Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Honestly, like I, I was thought I was done. Like I was like, well, I had to leave Tampa Bay. And if I don't have a job in Chicago or I can't work from home in some capacity, like I can't do it. And then on top of it, I'm going to have two under two. And I was like, I mean, I'm sure we both talked about this too. It's a very big struggle to decide. Like I want to be home. I want to be raising my kid. I want to be there. They're only this age for so long. And then also I still have career aspirations and I was like fighting the fact that like I had to leave Tampa. 
but like you said, we had to have our family and, you know, we talked about it too. Another challenge for women is like when you're trying to find jobs, whether you're pregnant or you have a baby, they might not think you're being like taking it seriously or you're not going to do a hundred percent of the work because you have a kid. And it's like, if you were to ask my husband, who's also 38 weeks pregnant, you know, are you taking this seriously? Or like, do you just want to do something part-time? And it's like, I want the same opportunity that everybody else has, but unfortunately, I mean, it's a blessing to be able to carry your baby, but also it's a lot more work. You have to have the baby, you have to recover. You have six months afterward of, you know, I mean, that's how long for me, at least that it, it took to, you know, where like the adrenaline started to wear off and like reality came that like, yeah. say it, sorry, say it again. Well, the hormones, like, you know, like your yeah. body is like in flux, you know what I mean? Yeah. For, for like at least six months after you have a baby, your hormones are still, I mean a like, year, but like, like six months is when like my peak, like my adrenaline wore off, my hair fell out. I was like, eating like pasta and whatever I could get my hands on again. And it was like, but it was hard to find food anywhere because you're just running nonstop when you're trying to work and watch kids. So as you know, so it definitely was hard, but I will say maybe the door doesn't always open for everybody. And I'm grateful that I, you know, I jumped into the Hawks job as soon as it opened and honestly, luck and timing is everything. And fortunately, like I have roots here and the timing of the Blackhawks, not just going through a rebuild, but also rebuilding their broadcast and their, their front office and everything happened um, all at once, right when I moved back here. And so it was a job I couldn't pass up on. I left like a month after having my son cried the entire way downtown did not the first time I cried either. Like I cried a bunch of different times here and there, just leaving it hurt. And it was like, I, I didn't feel like I had anybody to like around me at the moment that could quite understand. And then I found a group of moms too, who also had to work full time and they were like, it's okay. It's like ripping off a bandaid the first time. And you know, like, it's like, yeah, but then it keeps happening. And, then and sometimes it's like a lot of band-aids. <laughs> yep. Just keep ripping it off. Yeah, just keep ripping it and we'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yes, it it did open up doors. And honestly, this was like my dream job. So I, I'm so grateful to the Blackhawks organization um, and everybody involved who hired me and gave me a chance and really did fully support me taking the job while pregnant and then coming in and expecting that I can still do my job to the best of my abilities. And that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to, to talk about these things because it's real. Like, it's so real. Like, like we're women in this industry and we're like, we study hard and we work hard. And a lot of times, like, you know, uh, put off p putting down roots, put off like getting married, mm -hmm. put off having kids for a long time, a lot of times to pursue this career and then at a certain point in time we decide like oh hey we want these things and then like even like little things like you talked about like your hair falling out like we have to <laughs> like we have to deal with our hair falling out and then put on makeup and do everything <laughs> and go on tv you know what i mean and, and look like our yeah. hair didn't fall out right and like that we didn't <laughs> have like a nine pound baby like come out of us like that's that that's all real stuff um so I'm, I'm really glad that, you, that you're open to talking about this. So th this is oh, kind, yeah. kind of a, a funnier <laughs> side of this question, which is wh what's the weirdest place that you have pumped? Um, honestly, like I never really pumped anywhere too weird. I had okay. like a private little room 
that was called the serenity room that I pumped in in studio every day. And then I would pump in my car. So there weren't too many like odd places. I felt like I pumped, like I know a lot of women go to the bathroom or do whatever, but I had like a, I, it like bothered me if I didn't have like a place to sit and chill because pumping is so boring. Oh, it's so boring. And like those so 20 to 30 minutes are the most boring minutes ever. And you got to like sit up and so I would usually like watch, like, I don't know, I got lost in Instagram where I would like read something or do a podcast for every time. And I needed to like have my chair and do it. Where, where have you been pumping? <laughs> no, I mean, most, most of the places have been like fairly yeah. normal. Like, you know, like it, when you're working, you have like this, the mother's rooms and the suites yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, I would say the one weird place was um, when, when we did, uh, the game at Gillette stadium over in Nashville recently, <laughs> that was like my first trip away from Rio, my little boy. Um, and so, you know, al already like dealing with like, okay, the fact that I'm like not with him and like that I'm like not because I'm not with him, I'm not able to nurse him. Um, so yeah. like trying to like keep up my supply and keep up like, you know, just like making sure that he's going to be okay. So I remember, and I will just like shout out to our media crew at the Lightning because they're incredible. But so it's a it's a NFL stadium, so have they they have all those like radio booths. Um, yeah. you, they just have like a telephone and a chair and then a window so that you can like see the game. So I took my scarf. Corey actually was going to take his jacket and like put it over the put it over the window, and I was like, Corey, don't don't put your jacket. I have a scarf, so we put the scarf over the window so nobody could see in. And I like sat in this like little radio booth and him and Jay Retcher posted up outside of it, like my security charge, like standing outside <laughs> of it because there's not a lock on the door. So they stood outside of it, making sure nobody would come in. And I sat there and I pumped for 20 minutes during intermission. So shout out Jay and I know, Tori. So great. That's a, those are real ones right there. Seriously. But that's impressive that you stuck with. That's a hard thing. It's like sometimes I was just like, I'm going to skip it. And then it's like. Then, like you said, you worry about your supply and then you get guilty. And it's like, well, like if I keep skipping these, I'm not going to be able to maintain. It's it's just like a million other, like breastfeeding in its own is its own ball game oh, afterward gosh, that you yes. really aren't prepared for until you have to do it. And then it becomes just, a, you, you got to make your own choices and it's a challenge and it's fulfilling, but also extremely draining. Well, yeah. And then I mean, even asking, like, I remember the first time, like asking like for me, it was mostly like the lightning and the rays. Like I came back straight into to baseball season. So I was like, okay, I have to like reach out to the rays, you know, and like my like contact and say like, hey, where can I pump? You know, and like even doing that yeah. like feels like I know it's like normal, but there's still a part of it that like feels like awkward. Like, oh, can I like, yeah, like, or it's I, like a burden, but it, yeah. it shouldn't be, it shouldn't, it should be. Yeah. No, I, I had a very positive experience with the Blackhawks, fortunately. And there were other nursing moms, which I learned while I was there Oh, that's awesome. that were all like sharing the room with me. And I was like, wow, look at us, look at us go. So they had nursing rooms and were super accommodating and that's how it should be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, and for sure. And everywhere I've been has been like super helpful. Like once I get past the awkwardness of asking, they're like, yeah, here, yeah. Of course. like, we have all this stuff or for if you. you say like i have to pump i had a friend from the hogs that thought i was going to go like get a 10 minute lift in at the gym oh and i was God. just like different pump but <laughs> i got you <laughs> that is amazing yeah i was like oh i'm gonna go pump like before we had to get on set and he's like oh like you're gonna squeeze in a workout right now and i was like sure <laughs> I mean, it I'll does burn later. calories, but not the kind of pumping yeah. I'm talking about. 
Oh gosh. Um, what do you think is, is been, I know my answer. I'm, I'm interested to hear for you. What do you think is the hardest thing about being a, a working mom? Well, specifically in this industry. Um, I think my biggest struggle and why it's, it's definitely drained me. Like I'd be lying if I said the last six months have been easy. Uh, just not being around my kids. Like I have such a need, I have such a desire to do both. Like I love being home. I love watching them. I love spending every second with them. And I hate when I leave, it's just like the worst feeling. And I worry like, Oh, they're not gonna feel loved or supported. And I didn't want to bring a stranger into my home to watch them that I didn't know. And so I fought with that and had my mom and my mother-in-law and my, all of our family members, I just exploited and had them come over like every time I left to watch them. So I knew that they were with somebody that loved them. And so that was my biggest struggle and probably still is because if I want to work um, moving forward to like as hard as I want and as hard as I can, it, it might mean a lot more nights where I don't get to be there for them to tuck them in and a lot more weekends where I'm missing things with friends. I mean, that's part of the industry, as you know, too, when you work a hockey season, you miss weddings, you miss the bachelorettes, you miss the baby showers and all that stuff. And like, I want to put her in hockey and sports and all the fun stuff. And I'm like, I also want to be there the entire time. So mothers are nurturers and by, by nature, and they just, they can do it all, but it's, it's definitely still, and it's still going to continue to be a battle for me to figure out how I can work full time and crush it. And then also work, you know, figure out how I can be home enough to, to fulfill my needs, to be with my kids. What about for you? What's your like biggest struggle so far? Yeah. I would, I, similarly, I, I think the guilt, right? Like the, yeah. I just, have mom this, guilt, like, but in it's guilt about everything. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get too emotional cause I will. But like, I just have this voice in my head that it's like, you're not doing enough. Like, yeah, about everything, though. Like, I'm not and I'm not with my kids enough. I'm not at work enough. I'm not like giving my husband enough. I'm not like, you know what I mean? I'm not like taking enough time for like myself so that I can be like good for like all of these people in my life. Like, there's just this like incessant voice in my head. that's like, you're yeah. just like, it's not enough. Like I hear the same voice. I I will say like, like don't you feel like a lot of moms though feel like that now that you've been in the world? Like it was my first time saying like, dang, I really can't do it all. Cause like, if I'm killing it at work, I'm not home enough. Or if I'm home and doing well at work, I'm not a good enough wife and I'm not spending enough time there. And I'm not, I don't have the energy or, you know, so I totally agree with you. And I feel like, I hope that you've found some other moms too, that have been like, oh yeah, mom guilt is like a everyday feeling now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you definitely need your mom crew. Um, And yeah, it's just one of those things you have to just like remind yourself of the truth and you have to put, have people around you who are going to like remind you of like, Hey, actually you like, you are crushing it. You're, you're doing all of these things and you're doing them very well. And like your child is like, loved and like they're like exceedingly great right and so it's just like those things um are like the moments that you like have to like latch on to to remember that it's all worth it and it's like it's okay and that like you know that you're you're gonna make it through um 
Yeah. And you're doing it for your family too. It's like another thing. Every mom was like, don't forget. You're not just like doing this to do it. You're doing it for your daughter and for your son or whoever, and your husband, your wife, your partner. So it's not like you're just, you know, everything you're doing has meaning and purpose. And when you do have the moments with your family, that's when you really try to take advantage. Yeah. And I, and I just think about like, I don't, I don't have a daughter, but like, I I think about for you and like, you know, when, when your daughter looks at you and she sees like the ways that you're like this incredible mother, an incredible wife, and that you're just like so skilled and talented and just absolutely crushing it in the workplace. Like there, like she has to be so proud of you. I'm sure she's like, she doesn't like maybe fully comprehend that yet, but like (laughs) she is so proud of you and and she's going to be your number one fan, you know, like rooting you on and like cheering for you and like seeing the screen and like pointing at mommy, all of those things. Right. Because that's just so incredible. Like you're setting a, such a good example for her. Um, you know, and I, I think that, that that's, that's really cool. And that's like a part of it, right? Like doing it for your family and for the next generation, like setting this example that like, you know, that, that you can do this and it's hard and you have to ask for help, but it's, it's possible to, to try to do some of these different things. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel the same exact way about you and I'm, I'm really eager to stay in the now, but I'm also like so excited to see 10 years from now what the next generation of women in sports is going to look like and the experience, the confidence, the opportunity that like women before us really didn't have at all. And now they've opened doors and we're continuing to try to break the doors and the barriers down. And it's fun. It's cool. It's, it's a new, you know, club. It's not a boys club. It's inclusive and you know, the support I received in Tampa Bay and the confidence I felt like I could have to stand up for myself. Um, and then moving to Chicago, I just feel like it's going to, it's a new wave for sure. Like you said, and it's going to take a lot of courage too, for women like you to be able to do both. And I think it's a great example to show that you can do both. You don't necessarily have to pick one or the other and it's going to be hard and there's going to be ups and downs, but timing and luck, like I said, are a lot of it too. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I didn't have great connections being who my dad is. And one thing that, you know, through all the things that I've dealt with to said negatively towards me, you just have to work really hard. And like I said, get some luck and have a tremendous support system around you. So you're killing it in Tampa, Kaylee, and I'm proud of you and you're an excellent mother and just as good of a, a broadcaster as well. That means the world. It truly does. Well, uh, along those lines, thinking about your career and and where you are um, as a mom in in your career, who's somebody that that you're incredibly thankful for that you maybe outside of your family, right? Obviously, we get like a ton of support from our friends and family, but maybe somebody who's outside of that, that like bubble that you look back and you're like, wow, this person was actually really, really instrumental in where I'm at now. Uh, there's quite a few women in the hockey world that inspired me. I would say Catherine Tappan was one of the few women I saw on TV in college. Like I didn't, I watched hockey all growing up and everything, but like I, you know, when I started watching her do games, I was, I really enjoyed her. I thought she was professional. I thought she was smart. I liked the way she dressed and like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm not into fashion. I love the fashion element too. And like the blazers and the power suits, 
those are like so much fun too. And like, you can still do that and fit in and talk hockey while still being yourself. So I loved that um, about her. I thought she was extremely classy and she, to this day has always been super supportive, smart, great advice, you know, just awesome and always available somehow. Like she's one of the like best NBC reporters and leading NBC reporters, not just when she was doing hockey, but even now she's transitioned into golf and football and still at the top of her game. And she still will pick up the phone for me any day. I have a question or I need help with something. And she's given me some really great advice throughout the years. So I would have to say her and I've always loved um, in Toronto and in uh, Canada, especially in Toronto, Chris Simpson too. She's like a class act, smart, um, you know, breaking barriers, just, she's, she does it all too. And those are just two women, um, when I was young and, and growing up that I really admired. Before we get into the final countdown, a word from our sponsor. We don't go through brokers or wholesalers. We go straight to the cutters. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire. You cannot get any closer to the source than International Diamond Center. With tremendous buying power and international connections that go back over 35 years, IDC can easily guarantee the best diamond value. We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere. Period? Period. So there you have it. You're going to get a bigger, better diamond. You need another period after that. Period. <laughs> International Diamond Center. We are at the point where we're getting into the final countdown. So it's the last four questions Ooh. that I ask everybody. Um, okay. So what is your happy Gilmore-esque happy place? I love questions like these. Um, oh God. Like real or fictional? Well, either one, I guess. Oh, I guess like yours is kind of fictional. This is kind of fictional, um, but yours could be real. Like it could be like okay, a real in this happy moment, place to it, go to. In this moment, it's being in the nail salon because I have not got a pedicure since August Ooh. and I'm dying, but I have not had to bare my feet like I would in Florida because I'm in the Midwest. So it's in a pedicure salon, like with a mojito or something fruity. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. What, what, what flavor mojito? Like just a, uh, just a plain mint one or would do you want to like are you going to like add in like if they have like a I'm pretty I'm a, a plain Jane with those I'm okay. more of like a mint or I like the muddled mint that's just my yeah. go-to for that do you make those at home not anymore but I used to I'm not good at making drinks either they're always horrible when I make them at home, does, does Danny make I them? do like when somebody else makes one yeah, does Danny do it? He's got to, you got to teach him up on that. Uh, no, he makes protein shakes like nobody's business, but <laughs> he's not a muddled mint man, not, I won't say. Okay, okay. We'll have to find somebody for you. Um, <laughs> okay, so if the, it's this year. So if the Tampa Bay Lightning team this year was a person that you were describing, how would, like just one person, how would you describe them? Hmm. If they were one person, I'd like to think they're Captain America. Okay. Did you like that? Yeah, I, I do like that. I like that a lot. Um, I was trying to think of like, they just like embody like class, hero, back-to-back -back champs. Like yeah. I was trying to think, immediately I went to like Marvel characters because I was trying to think of something in the upper echelon of like superior people. Yeah. And Captain America felt like the right Marvel character to categorize them as. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's also like kind of like chiseled and like, he's like, yes. you know, like rugged. There's like this, like, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, chiseled and rugged. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you know, like, I'm just like thinking of his jawline. Like he's like, I don't know. He's got like a nice oh, yeah. jaw. Oh right? yeah. Chris Evans. Definitely. Yeah. I was like chiseled. And I'm like, okay, there's a Hulk. There's 
but yes, I think I think they're like a Captain America if I could per- personify them. Yeah, person. Okay. I'm a person. Yeah, I think that's the right word. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay. So if you could go back, like you said, we're still young, but if you could go back a few years and tell your your younger self, uh, give your younger self some advice. What would that advice be? Have confidence. I think to this day, like I, and I think a lot of women struggle with it. You just never think you're good enough. And even on your best, you're just constantly tearing yourself down. So I wish at a younger age, and even now, I wish I really believed in myself and had confidence and cared less about what other people think about me. That's great. That That's truly the advice that mm-hmm. I think a lot of women need and, and would give themselves as well. Hopefully that yeah. in talking about their next generation, hopefully we instill more confidence in them. Okay. What is something outside of work that has brought you some joy this week? Um, my, a lot actually. Um, you can go nothing crazy, list. but it was like a fun week. My father-in-law had a birthday. My sister-in-law had a baby and uh, I'm trying to think what else we celebrated, but so that was fun. Our family grew and I became an aunt and Danny and uncle for the very first time. So I didn't like put it two and two together when she had her baby that like, I'm going to be an aunt. And it's so fun because it's not, you're not responsible, but you get to spoil them and have fun and do all the good stuff with them that like mom and dad can't always do. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. haven't experienced that just yet, but that definitely sounds like a fun, <laughs> a fun place to be for sure. Okay, yeah. Week. Well, that is, uh, that, that's the end of it. Hopefully, it wasn't too uh, I know. I feel like we could have talked for like hours, but it, oh, 100%. we'll do it another time. We'll do it. We'll do a round two once we uh, get past. How old is Rio? Rio? Oh gosh, Kaylee, he's coming up on the year mark. So I'm like, there it is. I'm like, oh yeah, May. I'm putting it out of my brain a little bit because I'm like, okay, we're like, you're not. Th- I don't know. Did you do that with Bella, where you're like, I don't want to like admit that you're almost a year, but you're like almost a one year old. I was in a different place because my second was like 20 weeks or something at that yeah. point. So like everything was just going by so fast. But yes, I was, cr- I definitely cried. <laughs> For sure. And then Bella cried because we did like a gender reveal and everyone screaming when we found out it was a boy it was like really overwhelming. So it was a oh, tough gosh. birthday. <laughs> Super stimulating. Oh, wait, you did the gender reveal at the birthday party? Yeah, because we had just found out and we were like, why not just kill two birds with one stone? Because everybody kept asking nonstop in our families. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Gosh. It was fun, though. But good luck and happy early birthday to Rio. I'll definitely catch up with you around one, though. But that's so exciting. Yes, May is is right around the corner. Yeah. He'll... uh... He'll have a good one. He's a Cinco de Mayo is, baby. So is it? I was gonna say, is he a Taurus? Yeah. I is that what that sign? Or no. Is? I don't know. I'm May 19th and I'm a Taurus, but I don't know any of the other signs. <laughs> I'm so bad at it, and I have no idea. Aquarius. I think you're either like a Taurus? big sign or not a big sign person. Yeah. I yeah. I I, I couldn't tell you what Rio is. I'm a Scorpio <laughs> only because that's what people tell me, and so I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's what I am. Uh, but he's a Cinco de Mayo baby, so that'll be fun. So we'll 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 oh yeah, we'll easy lean theme. Into that. Yeah, we'll lean into that. We'll definitely have. I'll have a margarita in my hand for sure that that day. Yeah, uh, treat yourself. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fun. <laughs> Probably a blackberry margarita because I do like. Ooh, <laughs> love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been uh so much fun. It's been a joy to talk to you. And just to like like 
affirm the fact that like we are moms and we can do it all. Uh, you you just got done <laughs> coming from a baby doctor's appointment and then put both your kids down and then come to did this podcast. I just got over the stomach flu and oh. was like puking my guts out all day yesterday. And hey, we're here. We we did it. Oh. And you look Cheers fab. To us. You look fab, Cheers Haley. Congratulations. <laughs> and I'm very sorry that you got the stomach bug. It's going around, oh, but you look happens. you look wonderful. And I'm happy to see you made a full recovery. This is a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you. It's always fun to talk with Kaylee and catch up with her. I hope that you enjoyed the interview and listening to it as much as I enjoyed talking to Kaylee and getting to chat with her. Uh, definitely had some laughs and uh, she even got me emotional there for a second. Uh, so a, a fun time overall. Be sure to subscribe to Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell on Apple and Spotify. Plus, check out our clips that come out on social media each week. You can check out Bally Sports Florida and Sun on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all of those clips. And, of course, we have new episodes coming out each week, and I am really excited because next week we have a bunch of opening day stuff. So we're talking baseball on the pod next week. Get excited and stay tuned. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers today or exploretoyota.com and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. This has been Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, brought to you by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. I'll catch you guys online. <laughs>